Hey folks, Kyle here. Thank you for listening. Just taking another quick second out here and add on uh, my own show. Figure this is a good time to remind everyone of these shows I got coming up. I'm in Eureka, California. I'm in Portland, Oregon, Seattle, and Oakland, California, all starting actually next week. Basically some dates in there. May 16th in Eureka, 18th in Portland, May 23rd in Seattle, and May 25th in Oakland. Doing my show hard to say, uh, this comedy show I'm working on about living with trigeminal neuralgia. I've gone on and uh, on enough about it on here. I really had a, a lot of fun out in, in Colorado last month, and people came out from the shows, and that was it's the best. Seeing people out at shows who, who like the podcast is just the best, and developing this show about the very odd and difficult thing I'm going through has been a pleasure that is unexpected and makes me very happy, and I'm very proud of the show. Um, like I said, the, I've got those dates coming up, kyleayers.com slash shows. Please grab tickets now. Grab them while you're listening to this. Send it to a friend. Tell them to come out. Seattle, Portland, Eureka, Oakland. Uh, I would love for tickets to get moving a little bit. And so would the venues that are emailing me. And they're just it's going to be a really good time. I hope to see you out. Thank you so much. I hope you're enjoying the episode. Once again, kyleayers.com slash shows. Uh, y'all are the best. Thank you. The absolute the best. It's a good show. In a world where every conversation is about what movie or TV show you've just seen. One comedian, doing his own voiceover for his own podcast due to monetary restrictions, got tired of pretending he's seen The Wire in conversations at parties. This is Never Seen It. Comedians rewriting famous movies and TV shows they've never seen. I'm Kyle Ayers. Hey everybody, this is Never Seen It. I'm your host, Kyle Ayers. This is the podcast where I have comedians rewrite famous movies and TV shows they've never seen, and then we read them for you here in studio. Before we get into it today, I just want to remind everyone, we recently launched a Patreon page. I think we're the first podcast to take advantage of this website, Patreon. It, <laughs> for $5, mm. you can subscribe to Never Seen It's Patreon, and you'll get bonus episodes every week. I'm also re-releasing my podcast, Faking a Murderer, where I talk to people about making a murder without telling them I've never seen it. And so if you want to hear me talk about true crime for eight hours with people who don't know I've never seen the show, that's also on the Patreon. Uh, we're going to have video clips. We're going to have live show clips and everything. It's patreon.com slash never seen it. And we appreciate if you subscribe there. Uh, but anyways, let's get into the show today. Today, we are joined by Bowen Yang and Matt Rogers of Lost Culturistas. Hi, Kyle. Hello. Thank you for being here. It's wonderful to be here. It's Beautiful to be here. And to catch you on your uh, return from Bonnaroo. Right. Do I look tan? You do. You you. have a glow. Thank you. (laughs) You have a post-festival air. Yeah. Was that the reason for going? So that you could go get like a solid glow? Probably. Yeah. There's something that happens whenever you, when you're at a, you, I hate festivals unless I'm at one. And then I'm at (laughs) one and I'm just like. This is how it should always be. And mm-hmm. then the moment I leave, I'm like, we should never have festivals. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank God I'm out. <laughs> the um, Yeah, the overall concept is, like, who thought of that? It, it just seems muddy to me. Like, like, like not, literally, not like, yeah. Not, like, literally muddy. Not even, yeah. like, conceptually muddy. I very much understand what Bonnaroo is. Right. Um, 
I I just know that I don't I wouldn't do well like without air conditioning and heat like that. Oh yeah, we I could never go back as not a performer because mm-hmm. we got to go back to the air conditioned trailer right. like four or five yes. times a day, and people drove us around everywhere. Right, the privilege. Yeah. I heard there was some drama, and we, this might be a little too inside baseball for everybody, but um, even like us, but like someone was telling me there's some drama about the tent this year, the comedy tent not having. Ab- all the amenities that the musicians have. Oh my have. god! And oh, so yeah. I don't know what your experience with like that the whole is. time the comedy tent didn't have a single Tom Petty cover tribute band, which you need. <laughs> which is every. I don't know. I we was were in told. a barn. You had a barn. It Great. was like it were, there were a couple venues. I have nothing to compare it to. But what was interesting is the barn we were performing in was was Christmas themed. So I had a million Christmas lights Got and it. a bubble machine, okay. and you would see people get attracted to. It didn't look like where comedy would be, especially mm-hmm. at a music festival where everyone is on just whatever drug cocktail they're on. Sure. So people would walk in expecting EDM, yeah. a DJ, anything that you'd expect in a. Painted black Christmas light covered barn, mm-hmm. and you're not expecting comedy. At they were trapped point, into doing it. Sure, but at that point, it's like if I'm walking into a kitschy barn, like I expect a Chili's menu. Like I, yeah. I know what I'm getting into. Yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get, I'm not gonna get EDM out of that. Something yeah. goofy. Something goofy. Everyone yeah. came and then they stayed because it was air conditioned. There you go. There and you go. So then you get a nice docile audience, and it was all right. <laughs> but anyways, that's enough. Uh, uh, Bonnaroo, and I turned 30, which was exciting. Congrats. So yeah. Yeah. Year old How do you podcast. feel now? There was a point, okay, well, back to the festival. <laughs> uh, I turned 30, and I saw two Cheryl Crow sets while oh, I was yeah. 30. Wonderful. And I was like, I've spent 15 to 20% of my 30s seeing Cheryl Crow live. <laughs> Did it, it make you happy? It's wonderful. She was great. Yeah. She yeah. was so, she kept saying, she was like, all these songs are older than you guys. She asked one person where their parents were. Oh, my God. <laughs> was she, really was, she would have been a real crowd pleaser. You know what great. I mean? Like, yeah, she, I'm sure. I bet she, Everyone was Was there. she during the day, too? Yeah, at like 1 or 2 p.m. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great. Because you want to hear Soak Up the Sun while you're doing that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, She yeah. Say, even said something like, this next song is about soaking up the sun, which is hilarious. I wow. bet that earned That's a response. Hil- it's hilarious. People are really into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Never seen it. Never the podcast. Seen it. <laughs> uh, you guys both wrote a different movie, which is exciting. We did. And does anyone have a preference on whose scene we get into first? I feel Matt just, we're hot off the presses with Matt's script. I wrote mine today, but, but um, I have, and this is a movie that is very iconic. Yes. Um, so I've had my entire life to watch it I know it's it's like I know some things about it I know it's like an icon of 70s cinema mm-hmm. like when the movies were I mean I think it's like commonly held belief among like cinephiles that the 1970s were the height of cinema um, in terms of like you know prestige sure. film well I mean this this particular movie it's like you still get like beautifully intelligent intellectual bros right. at a bar being like it still holds up today like, yeah. exactly <laughs> it's yeah. still ahead of its time it's still ahead of its time yes and yeah. the, the film is network yes network network I had an opportunity to see it in college and uh, didn't go because it was for it was in a class and I skipped for some reason okay so there you, you haven't seen it either have you and you have I have and um, all I remember is like the moment we all know, and then um, yeah, there's a moment we all know, which which is the only thing I know about. I know Faye Dunaway is in it, and Faye Dunaway is in it, and she like is really good at like thinking in a boardroom. Like that's that's what okay. she does. Didn't even know that. Okay, cool. all right, great. Uh, well, we got to get some instruments. Oh, sure. Oh, so we're right, score. right, right. You can score the whole podcast too, not just the scenes. Love it. So whoever wants to grab anything, you can okay. stand up. It's fine. Great. Okay, I'm gonna take. 
There was my water. Okay, I, 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 I'm trying to think about what I need to score my own scene, and it really is, like, and this is what I assume about the film, too. It's very dialogue-driven. Yeah. And it's, very like, the intense personal drama. I think you'll see. Did someone famous write it? Mm, oh, I, another add it to the list of things we don't know. Work, yeah. <laughs> but I'm sure that they're ha- very happy they wrote it, whoever they are. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Because <laughs> they have a legion of bros right. saying that they're brilliant in bars. Okay. All right. Are we ready? We're ready. Everyone knows oh, their we parts? Should cast who, we should tell everyone who we are because yes. they're listening. Well, I'll be reading the stage directions and I'll be playing actress later who um, reveals... Who it, who she is? Okay, later, so you'll know. It'll get more clear than that. Great. I'm playing. I'm reading for Phil and Chad, mm-hmm. and I will be Faye Dunaway and Surgeon. Lovely. Beautiful. Okay, we begin. Right, fade in. Interior hotel room. A large man, Phil, is pacing about, fuming. He is large and appears to be very rich, but right now he's fuming and his skin is very red. <laughs> that doesn't! Phil runs over to the window, flings it open, and leans out. I'm mad as hell and I'm not gonna take it anymore. Suddenly, Faye Dunaway runs in. Lower your goddamn voice, Phil. The whole town can hear you. The whole town of Chicago. I hope they hear. I'm angry, Faye. Angry at the world. Well, you're not the only one. I was just in an event and I was talking to a big producer. Could have really made it happen for my career. Then a waitress came over, real dumbass, asked if I was done with my meal. Well, I'm mid conversation. I was so thrown I forgot what I was saying. The big producer moved on to a conversation with someone else. I didn't get to network. Oh, I was mad because I couldn't get an appointment with my dermatologist. I have a red (laughs) thing on my chest. He opens his shirt to reveal a red thing like a welt on his chest. Ew, what is that? I don't know, but it looks not good, right? I want to get it checked out, but my derm is booked solid. <laughs> I am a large white man who can assume is who you can assume is rich. I shouldn't have problems getting appointments. Faye lights a long, long cigarette, like the kind fancy ladies smoke. Well, it sounds like we both have problems that are making us angry. You need to get your weird red thing that your, on your skin looked at, and I want to talk to Hollywood producers. I'm an actress. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Say it on three. One, One, two, two three. three. We go to the set of MASH because there are Hollywood types there, and also because probably doctors, because someone needs to be on set to make sure they're getting the doctor shit right. Okay, let's do it. Wait, but you didn't say your idea on three. Oh, I know. I got really nervous. I think the countdown made me nervous, <laughs> and I just didn't say anything. Um, okay. <laughs> Freak. <laughs> Exterior. Set of MASH. Actors who are dressed as doctors are milling about. <laughs> Faye Dunaway and Phil walk up to one of them. Uh, excuse me. Hi. I'm the actress Faye Dunaway, and this is Phil, a white man who's feeling angry. Angry enough to scream out a window! I'm a young Cloris Leachman. Oh, listen. I'm here to network with industry, and Phil has a disgusting red thing on his chest that just needs to get checked out. Looking to bang both these... both looking to bang out both these tasks while we're here. Okay, yeah. Go in that tent over there. They should be having the morning meeting now. The morning meeting? Yes. Every morning we have a meeting to talk about the day. Even though this is Hollywood and you think it would be glamorous, it's really just like any other workplace. A man in a suit, Chad, comes over. Hey, Cloris, we're going to pay you a lot less than all the men. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you, Chad. Chad leaves. What the hell was that? That's one of the executive producers, Chad, delivering my reality. <laughs> Producer, I must follow him. Phil, will you be okay in that tent? Yes. Interior tent. (laughs) Phil is laying on an operating table with his shirt open. A surgeon stands over him with a knife. Uh, It's uh, it's an ingrown hair. 
I'm going to cut it out of you now. Go for it. I'm not a real surgeon, by the way. I'm an extra. What? Then how do you know if it's an ingrown hair? I have a lot of experience with ingrown hairs because for a lot of projects I work on, or I have to be completely hairless. <laughs> don't ask. So I commonly shave my own body, and ingrown hairs are a side effect of hair removal. Okay, I don't care. I'm mad <laughs> as hell and can't take it anymore. Cut me open, Doc. The surgeon brings down the knife. Phil screams. Oh! Exterior dirt path. <laughs> Faye Dunaway is chasing Chad, the EP, down a dirt path. She is running and screaming, and he obviously can hear her, but he keeps walking. Ahead. Mr. Producer! Mr. Producer! Chad! Chad wheels around furious. No one uses my real name, <laughs> especially not a woman. A woman that is not as monetarily valuable as me. Now you just you shut up. Chad does a double take. I may be a woman, but I'm a businesswoman, and I'm here to network. Oh. I have a lot of industry savvy, and I want to talk to you so that you think of me for projects in the future. Fine. You have 30 seconds to network with me. <laughs> <laughs> Faye smiles brightly and looks to the sky, elated. Yes! Interior tent. <laughs> Phil is sitting up in the tent. His chest is bloody and a mess. Bitch, you made it much worse! Oh my god, I know, and I, I apologize. <laughs> but on the bright side, now I have experience that I can bring to my acting as an extra. This was a positive exchange for me. Well, not for me, because... A full choir comes out and sings. I am mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take it anymore! Everyone stands breathlessly as the curtain falls on the movie. <laughs> Fade out. Wow. Network. Network. Thank you all. Wonderful performances. You. <laughs> you bring my script to life. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, I had a lot of favorite parts, but it's hard to beat the curtain falls on the movie. And that's why it's the finale. I wanted to leave everyone wanting more. I wanted everyone to watch the movie and think, where did that curtain come I from? I just pictured me in my living room throwing a flower at my television. <laughs> yes. Bravo, film. Beautiful. I feel that that was probably the movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and you've seen it. I've seen it. Um, yeah, it is. It's very dialogue heavy. Yeah, I know um, that. And so, th- and so for that reason, uh, I think I was tired. I was not like under the influence of anything. I was just tired when I saw it. Oh. So I don't remember the 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 actual parts except for when Faye was on screen. Okay. And she was just giving you really good seventies like and business. Did woman. you think that, did she win an Oscar for this movie or maybe come close? Not for this. Well, do you think that this would have been a text that could get an actress at least a nomination? Yes. Your script in particular? Yeah. yeah. She's, okay. she's, you know, she's going up against uh, yeah. peril. Right. Peril. She had, there's a lot of conflict in her storyline. She has to run down the dirt path and scream someone's name. She's obviously fighting against, you know, the economic reality of the time, which, by the way, everyone has not changed too much. I really want this piece to make us think. Wow. Yeah. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Why didn't... What was the choice behind... Like, explain the choice behind not naming um Cloris Leachman until like she says she 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 announces that she's Cloris Leachman. Um I just think that that was a you know <laughs> choice in scripting and honestly you know if the audience wouldn't even know that. Okay. So it's only a real show don't show type of thing. It's yeah. a show don't show type of thing and that's exactly what I was thinking. I'm always right. saying show don't show. Or it's like tell and don't tell until you tell. Right, right exactly. Yeah. It's more don't tell until you tell. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the uh you're, you're, the locations were all fairly vague, easy yeah. to shoot at, except one of them was the set of the television show Mash. Right, right. Because I I trust everyone on my on my sets to really do their job. Like I don't want to put anything on the page. Sure. Only, I don't want the set decorator yeah, to be yeah. like, "You're really telling me what to do." I want them to run their imagination to run wild. Right. Like what kind of tent? Yeah, exactly. And that's for them. A surgical tent. Yeah. yeah. I you know how they are. I think. Um. I mean, look. 
during award season, I, I will say the Academy loves a movie about the industry. Yes, mm-hmm. they do. Mm-hmm. Argo. Argo, La La Land. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like this, I think, that's what they'll latch on to. With yeah, and yeah. also I wanted to like give the actors a chance to be really funny. And yeah. that's, that was the one, two, three countdown moment. I thought that that was Fun, like a good yeah. moment of comedy for them because it's such a dark script. Yeah. And so yeah, you I need this, a, this levity in here yeah. so people don't get too upset. Otherwise, this is just heredity, too. Exactly. Oh, it's yes. just heredity, too. And yes. I felt like I, that's not what I wanted to go for with this. I wanted something that could show, you know, the light and the dark. And um, yeah, so thank you guys. I loved it. I loved yeah. it. Gorgeous. Wow. I accept that. I, I receive and accept this. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> How does this, oh, this is nice. Yeah. yeah, the instruments are. No one really gets too into the xylophone. There's too many moving parts, well, I suppose. Yeah, it's also because you want to keep the pace up, mm-hmm. and I feel that the xylophone requires a lot of you know time and energy all on its own. Sure, it's like if I were to read my lines and do the xylophone, it's very like rubbing my stomach, patting my head, sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. yeah. I, well, I actually am going to make a conscious choice to in- involve the xylophone more in the next piece. Oh okay. wow! Great. Yeah, I, we appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, so with it, we have network, and now now we're moving on to Bowen's script. This is my script. Um, this is another. This is another, you know, famous movie. I mean, you know, this is this is sort of the whole premise of the podcast of, of the show. Um, I've never seen Cruel Intentions, so um, <laughs> what if it didn't work? What true. if the phone didn't right. work He's and I just didn't tell you? <laughs> if it didn't work, it would be yeah. truly, truly wild. Okay, I, so this is um, Cruel Intentions. I, I, you can, you'll see that I play with the cast. I know the cast is very. Sort of iconic and 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 sort of indelible. Mm-hmm, so yeah. that's what I'm working with, um, and you'll see, you'll see. This is my sort of reimagining of this classic film. And you've seen this, right? I have seen Cruel yeah, Intentions. Yeah, same, famously. Great. What are your What are your thoughts on it before we go into the script? Oh, I love Cruel Intentions. I think it's like a very um, sexy teen film. Great. I love like a good like 24 year old playing a sexy teen. I think that's a really vital Great. and something I'd like to see more of. Okay. This is one of those movies that could that seems like it only could have existed in 1999. hundred percent. There's so yes. many like it's very particular time where yeah. every movie poster had a really harsh vignette uh-huh. <laughs> and a very skinny girl yes. yeah and then it was just like very it was really uh what am i looking for like ex- like explicit yes. sure they, were, very. they weren't trying to hide anything no right. no no. They, you knew the movie was going to be about cities well um and just, largely and and kyle i know you'll appreciate this um as a photoshop whiz Ooh. um is that reductive to say photoshop no, I, I would describe yeah, myself yeah. as a photoshop whiz as well okay it was the, 1999 was an era of posters where you would have two people fl- like flanking yeah um but very like the scaled very large and then you would have a different actor scaled small yeah. mm-hmm. sitting in the middle and i believe that is the cruel intention some sort poster. of like victimized act like the victimized yes. character would be in the center exactly this, I, I don't know if it's or true i'm gonna assume final destination came out right around the same time sure. yeah because right. i can picture that poster being the same the skulls came around at the same time i yes. can picture that poster. do you remember the scream poster which yeah. was all of them kind of like peeking out, yeah. looking at something. And also the thing, the trick that Scream did, which I thought was a very good trick, uh-huh. was they made Drew Barrymore's character seem like she was just as big spatially as the, all the rest of them. Mm-hmm. So you thought, oh, Drew Barrymore's going to be a big character. Famously. Dies in the first scene. She dies yeah. five, six minutes into the movie. Yeah. And doesn't come back. It's not that kind of movie. It's very grounded. That is a She fun, dies and dies. You're right. That is a fun trick that yeah. they do. Beautiful. Because since trick. she's out there doing press, she's on late night shows. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everyone's yeah. building it up and hyping it up and everything. 
Yeah, and, and she was the she was like a big star. Yeah, yeah, established. <laughs> Nev Campbell, who it was all about Drew, <laughs> and then for Drew, Drew to be gone, really anything can happen. Now, at that point. I'm going to be reading across the page as well for this, and I, I will be reading for Blair. Okay, I am going to be Michelle, and also Spoon. Spoon is a character's name, and I'm going to be Philip and Headmaster Emilio. Perfect. Very Amazing. Excited. Okay, this is Cruel Intentions. Interior fancy bedroom in a prep school night. We track in from the wood paneled halls of St. Carson's Preparatory School for sexually precocious white teens <laughs> and into one of its bedrooms, which are numerous in the school for some reason. Inside, Michelle Geller Sarah, a beautiful young girl, paces around the room and runs her fingers across the gorgeous four post bed. Mm, ah, all this aristocratic and worldly education has me aroused, both intellectually and hormonally. What to do? What to do? Then Philip Ryany enters. <laughs> he is very handsome and his expression is an unmoving and furrowed brow. Sister, here you are. You're missing the big assembly. Also, did did you say aroused hormonally? Don't you tell me you're, full of, you're fully embracing your coquettishness. So what if I am, Philip? After all, I've yet to apply the lessons I've learned here at St. Carson's Preparatory <laughs> School for Sexually Precocious White Teens in real life. Maybe it's time that I start. A young woman acting with emotional but ultimately carnal agency? I guess I can get on board with that. I have to be honest, our vibe as siblings is really disturbing. Yeah. And even though we've never had sex, I feel like we could create some distance between us. But, Michelle, it's my greatest wish to take our sexual tension as siblings to the limit, as a form of edge play. I'll consider it, but only if you have sex with two other girls first. Fine. I do need to graduate from St. Carlson's with honors. <laughs> and I've yet to hit the semester's sexual quota, which figures into our final grade point average. It's a miracle that any of this is legal. We are minors, after all. The door creaks open and in walks Blair Selma, a beautiful raven-haired girl. Oh, Michelle and Philip, St. Carson's two most sexually compatible siblings. My apologies. Am I interrupting something? You're missing the assembly. You've actually come at the perfect time, eh? Uh, Blair, would you, would you be my, uh... Come on, Philip, no need to be shy. <laughs> would you be one of my sexual partners before semester's end? Oh, Philip, I thought you'd never ask. It's usually so much easier during a Sadie Hawkins semester when it's the girls who ask guys to fuck, but this is wonderful. Amazing! <laughs> you have other prospects, I assume. Actually, I don't. Oh, no problem. Let me get my friend Spoon Witheries involved. <laughs> She's scored super high in threesomes, and she can probably get you some great rec letters. Wow, that's, that's fantastic. Thank you. I've always admired Spoon's ability to manage multiple sexual partners and their needs at the same time as a 17-year-old. Spoon enters. It's all in the eye contact. Oh, Spoon! <laughs> Philip here just propositioned me for his quota this semester, and I mentioned you as another partner. Yes, of course! Life's been pretty crazy lately ever since I sent in my early decision application to Dartmouth's <laughs> prestigious ass play program, but my schedule is definitely freed up now that it's in. This couldn't have worked out any better. Huh. This is the strangest feeling. What is it, Michelle? It's nothing. I just never expected to be jealous of other people being able to fuck my brother. Aww. Wait, shouldn't all of us be at the assembly right now? In walks Headmaster Emilio Estevez, looking distressed. Students! Students! <laughs> I've just finished addressing the rest of the school in the assembly, and that effective immediately. St. Carson's Preparatory School for Sexual Precocious White Teens is closed because, wow, this is fucked up what we're putting you poor children through. Gasps <gasps> from the teens. But Headmaster Estevez, without learning how... About how to be fully realized sexual beings with no hang-ups by age 18. What will we do? 
I mean, dear God, read The Great Gatsby. And have you heard of the SATs? End of scene. Curtain down on the phone. Wow. Um, that was wonderful. I have some questions. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I wrote it very hastily. You missed a lot of, like, famous, iconic scenes. Uh, okay. What about the scenes when the lesbians kiss? I did, okay, I did not know that this was a thing. You didn't know about the famous lesbian kiss I, between Sarah Michelle I think Michelle it might Gellerin. have invented the MTV Movie Award for I think Best it Kiss. Did. I think oh, they created really? the award for yes. this part of that movie. Okay, this I mean, this is truly how unversed You'd, I am. You truly don't know a lot about the movie. I don't know a lot about the movie. I yeah. just know that Sarah Michelle Geller and uh, Ryan Phillippe are step-siblings? Well, yes, they're step siblings, and they like they. You did get right that there is a large, large, large uh, chunk of the plot dedicated to whether or not they'll have sex. Yeah. yeah. See, and so that's what I leaned in, leaned in on. Yeah. I didn't really understand, um, sort of the other um, characters, the contours. Yeah, the the other the other characters, and I realized, you know, it's so funny just hearing hearing the pages read, and this is why we do what we do. Um, <laughs> Is uh, you know what I feel like George Lucas, and I feel like you two are are um, are my uh, uh, what's his face Han, Han Solo Han Solo yeah, Harrison Ford. You two are my Harrison Fords, yeah. and, and what did he say once to to George Lucas? He says, "You can write this out, but you can't say this shit out loud." Yeah, he he yeah. famously was like, "You can't fucking say this dialogue." Yeah, and yeah. I, I, that's how I feel. I feel like so wordy, so bulky, so bogged down by the wordiness of it, the verbosity. Well, you know, but these show are also. Very, uh, the teens in this are played beyond highly intelligent. Sure. I mean, yeah, they're, they're all like little AI machines. Yeah, like everyone behaves like a little weird Aaron Sorkin sex dream. That's fun, though. <laughs> That's and, and I knew that about the film, too, that they're these just... It's like it was like how Britney Spears by age sixteen was like fully developed, yeah. sexually confident teen, and I was like, "What is that?" Yeah, they really know what they want sexually. Everyone in this movie, and I don't they remember. Are, is it college or high school? It's like, it a, like high, a prep it's school, like a prep, like a prep school. high school, right? And it's all about who can sleep with uh, the headmaster's daughter. Right. First. It's <laughs> like Reese. It's like yeah. Sarah Michelle Gellar is like a well-known per- student in the school. And yeah. then Ryan Phillippe is her stepbrother, who's like the bad boy. Yeah. And he's like looking for a new sexual conquest. Mm-hmm. And she says, bet you can't fuck Reese Witherspoon, who's the the, the headmaster's daughter. And right. he says, I bet I can. And she's like, well, if you do, I'll let you fuck me. Yeah. Game on. Crazy. Yeah. Like, could you imagine? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That I can, high, I can imagine. It, it feels like 1999. <laughs> it's truly, <laughs> right. to me, only exists the, say, the year American Beauty wins Best Picture. Right. Sure. This, this is a summer movie that year. Absolutely. Okay. But I'm, I'm sorry, I meant to ask, mm-hmm. could you imagine yourself in high school being that, being that, just being able to navigate these situations? No, no way. No. Absolutely 100% no. I couldn't imagine knowing what I wanted in high school, no. let alone in a competitive manner <laughs> yeah. with someone who sleeps in the same house as me. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> it's really, what it really is, it's a horror story. It's yes. really terrifying. Yeah. This wouldn't, you wouldn't get in a room with this treatment. <laughs> no. Oh, no. Not at all. No, no. Uh, also, like, Really, like, I love that you pointed out at the end that why don't they just fucking read a book? You don't why see don't any of these students studying. No. And that's the point of being in school. And honestly, I had trouble casting, quote unquote, the um, headmaster. Because mm. I was like, who who was like the generation before them? Mm-hmm. Who, who's, who who had like 
famously played a sexually precocious precocious teenager. Hmm. All I could think of was Breakfast Club. I didn't want to do Judd Nelson. I just did yeah. Emilio instead. Yeah, yeah. I don't even. I don't even think Emilio fucked in the Breakfast Club. No. I think it was just like implied thing, that yeah, it was, he could yeah. fuck if he wanted right. to. Sure. Yeah. Being the jock, it was hard. It was a different time. It was such a different time. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't. You couldn't make a movie like this now. No. No. But you could just watch this one. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, exactly. When I was pulling up information about this, because I started thinking. My head always works in dumb, like, word games. Mm-hmm. And so I started thinking about what celebrities' names would be the funniest if you put them into your script. Because it's like uh, yeah. Spoon with a Reese yes. or uh, Geller, Michelle, Sarah. Yes. And then I noticed this is the characters' names in this movie. This gives you the vibe of the movie. Here's the actual character oh names. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, Sarah Michelle Geller plays Catherine, K-A-T-H-R-Y-N, mm. Mertuiel. Mert- 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 I think Mertoy. Catherine Mertoy. And then there's Sebastian Valmont. Yeah, and Annette Hargrove, like they all, yeah. <laughs> they all sound like different country clubs. <laughs> they sound like names for white people that you would make up. Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, it does because it's based on this like this like 18th century French novel. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, and I remember we had a text. This is guys. This is very like dangerous liaisons. Dang- yeah, uh, liaison dangereuse. And mm-hmm. um, we like I had a whole French textbook one year in high school. That was just that had some, a narrative woven through. It was kind of cool. Like I, I appreciate the effort, mm-hmm. but it was this, um, it was this anthropologist trying to find the original manuscript of Dangerous Liaisons, and like we talked about cruel intentions in that class, and I was like, this is this feels wrong that we're talking about these sexually precocious teenagers. Yeah, I think that's what made it so right for the Hollywood for the Hollywood for the Hollywood big wigs. Yeah, yeah. Sure, 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 they sure. They thought sure. they could make dollars off that. I think they they definitely you can see when they quit drawing from the original text when they're naming characters because there's also <laughs> Ron Clifford, <laughs> Bunny Caldwell, yeah. and Mr. and Mrs. Sugarman. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to yeah. have a Sugarman. You got to have a couple sugar people in there. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they clearly they clearly were on their way out with that. I mm. think Catherine Mertoy is is like the only Real strong, like that makes sense. Name that, I, that yeah. they brought over sure. from the original, and maybe the uh, Ryan Philippe and Reese Sebastian Volmont sounds that a could lot be. like he invented lacrosse. Exactly. <laughs> you know, this is the, the movie that that Reese Witherspoon and Ryan Philippe met on, and then would later divorce over. That's right. why they divorced. Oh, yeah, and then they, they made good intentions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good intentions. Uh, and they split that 50 50, which was nice. <laughs> there you go. Mm. I Yeah, this one, I remember watching this and it was, I don't know if it would hold up. I mean, I haven't seen it in 10 no, years. No, 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 no. It's like, also like it's not it's not gonna aggressively attack like you hormonally as it did at the time. You know what I mean? Like this is such a horny movie to sure. watch when you're like actually when you're like 14. eleven or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I would say that the trope of a sexually precocious teenager has not disappeared. Like we still have that. Today. Oh, absolutely. Like I like I did think about the OC a lot. I thought a lot about. Mm, okay, I could see that. Your Dawson's Creeks. Your yeah. I mean, you know your. I guess Pretty Little Liars. I don't really know what the. Oh no, your 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 Riverdale's like that is yeah. what Riverdale. Oh is. yeah. In, yeah. a, in a way, not like as overtly. No, sexual. no, no. The 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 sexy hot teen is here to stay. Of yeah, course, it's not going to go. It's not some. It's just how it'll be portrayed, sure. right? And which is nice. It, it, it does. At least it evolves. And by people who are what age? You know what I mean? Right yeah. now, I, I think <laughs> yeah. we're kind yeah. of seeing teens play teens lately. And I don't know. That's when you get the gray area comes in because it's like once teens are playing teens, you're actually going to have to watch teens do these sexy yeah. things, and right. that's scary. Because yeah, and it's not even it's not a dishonest portrayal. It's right. Just, but now I'm thirty. 
and you watch it in a movie theater with a bunch of 30 year olds who does that make me it's like in Desperate Housewives when Eva Longoria is having sex with the gardener and she's like he's 17 but that man is obviously 30 (laughs) and you (laughs) don't have to feel weird about it because it's like you know they're both like hot adults but it's actually statutory rape yeah still does Joshua Jackson still look young can we put him back in something else sure oh I forgot to mention I forgot to mention Joshua I could have called him Jack Joshua he is is in the movie playing a gay character he was. And then who was the other gay character? Um, the guy from Ugly Betty, who plays Daniel oh, in Ugly Betty. Yeah. Uh, Eric Mabius uh, is his name. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Ericus. Oh, that's a great one. That's a fun one. Call me Mabius. Oh, could call really me Mabius. He could have really been there. Could have been there. These yeah. are both great. Thank These are great you. movies. Thank you so much. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. We were talking a little bit right before the podcast about how mm-hmm. a new what, you guys were just getting into a show or something that's on FX. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're watching Pose, Pose, Pose. The new Ryan Murphy show. And I trust FX, mm-hmm. but Same. I still don't watch very much of anything that they have on there. Sure. And yeah. I think Netflix has created so many television shows in the past year that I quit exploring any new television anywhere. Do you want to know something? Um, they're spending, they're putting in eight billion dollars into their original programming this year alone, which. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. At that point, it's not even a number. Doesn't, yeah, that's it doesn't not real. mean anything. That's nothing. Like, I feel like why? that kind of defeats the purpose of it being like so exclusive and like Netflix being cool. Because what I think is so cool about HBO is like they only greenlight so many shows. Right. And therefore, when HBO rolls out a new show, they put so much effort into like, you know, the um, promotion of it and like how amazing it looks. And like you can know the content is going to be so good that like. It gets you excited. But I guess the same rules don't apply for Netflix because they don't have hours in the day sure, to fill. They yeah. can just put content but out But I could there. probably name every HBO show. That's on right now. Wow. Yeah, I totally. mean, maybe even if I really thought about it, I could probably name 75% of the things they've ever had. But like with Netflix, wow. it's like, what are you sifting through to, <laughs> yeah. to like arrive at like, yeah. oh yeah, glow? Like, I, I know. I wish they had a whole section on Netflix that was uh, stuff we've made that looks like the fake stuff from the beginning of Tropic Thunder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and there's the a whole category. catalog would be <laughs> immense. Right. Like, am I into flaked? <laughs> Am I into disjointed? And I'm sure what is the twenty one hundred? Some of these could be fine. They just suffer from. It's like trying to go buy one thing at a gas station, or right? Something. Right. Yeah, like, yeah, do I yeah. like any of this actually? Yeah. Wow. That's a that's a very so, apt analogy. Now they just have a eight billion dollars to make content that is you know for the year, just for the year. That's insane. Which is crazy. I mean, if they wanted to make a show about people who would rewritten scripts for TVs or movies Hello. Thing, you know, I just think we would uh, we could always edit out the last minute sure um, 100% it's, it's, like, it's tough to tell how f- I'd sell out so fast or, or, <laughs> oh, yeah. or it's tough to tell I'd do it real quick or um, you know if if, if 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 we have a general with them um, this week perhaps <laughs> yeah if, that, if that's to happen like I don't want them to think that there's <laughs> that well happens. this won't come out till Thursday okay, oh perfect <laughs> clear of the general it's Wednesday we're fine um, I think 
I think this is just like we always we always thought like okay it's peak TV it's like when yeah. is the bubble gonna burst and I think it's it's about to in some yeah. way yeah I think we're just gonna be so disengaged at a certain point I don't also know. there's just so much stuff everywhere but what you were saying about like um not like being hesitant about getting into things yeah see I have the opposite problem I will get into pretty much everything if it's like if it piques my interest but yeah. then I will bail after the first season every time okay like wow. I, I I have like a real I want to get like a knowledge of a show and then I discard it I kind of I respect that I respect ba- commitment because I know so many people well you know that's okay yeah but I, there's so many people who are like I haven't liked this since season one and you're like well how are you still how are you on episode 400 yeah. why the fuck why are, you are you still watching, watching it then it, yeah <laughs> I there's something uh, admirable about bailing on a show yeah well I also think like oftentimes like the the first season is the only good season of a show, and that because I think they they do a really good job a lot of times of like setting up a show, and like that's how they get it sold and on air. And oftentimes yeah. now they'll buy like three seasons of a show like right off the top, like Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. The first three seasons have like already been ordered, and we've only seen one. That's yeah, that's but, crazy, right? And so now it's just like okay. So what now they can pe- creative people that are working on that show can just put their resources elsewhere. And I'm not saying that show's going to tank, but I'm just yeah. saying like it could, it's already sold. And lots of times the first season of something is what that creator has been making their whole life. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. Then the second season is what that creator made in 4 months. Right. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. And all, oftentimes pilots too are like that. Well, tell that to Parks and Rec, you motherfucker. I, that's what, <laughs> I'm actually rewatching <laughs> Parks and Recreation right now and I skip the first season. Yeah, cause it, because yeah. it doesn't it, matter. It sounds like someone said you have 2 hours to make the next office. Yeah, mm. truly. And then, like, they, like, sort of, like, archetype for archetype, just, like, copy, yeah. like carbon copied it. Yeah. That's what they say you should do, though, whenever you're writing a pilot. The advice I got was, um, like, put as much of the story that you can in the pilot. Like, overwhelm the pilot with good shit. And then worry about, like, what the rest of the season is going to look like once it's, like, sold or once it's, like, you yeah. know, really figured out and compels the audience and has lots of, you know great content in the pilot but that's what they taught you in in dramatic writing school and before we got like netflix original content yeah (laughs) Yeah. i did that's why it's like weird to go study screenwriting or television (laughs) writing because it's like that shit changes all now it's like get an eight season arc and someone famous (laughs) you can write one famous person in eight seasons get a vine star an iphone (laughs) and a little bit of time made this into a web series already (laughs) yeah there's a way for you to come into this with a big established audience you got to just write in a big established audience right exactly Um, exactly or now the advice they give you is um be margaret atwood and then (laughs) yeah Yeah, Yeah, it is. It's maybe a little bit different, but you do want (laughs) to. I've been writing stuff and I'll withhold jokes or something. Mm, I'm like, well, this will play really funny here. And I'm like, well, what if no one ever gets to see it? Yeah, that's exactly right. And my funniest thing is in the fifth episode. No. Yeah, that's what they say. You should overwhelm your pilot with, with all the good shit. Just like when you fly, just overwhelm your pilot yeah. with all the stuff. Exactly, 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 exactly. Be in the cockpit. <laughs> yeah. So, what is, uh, what of any movie, and it could be TV show, although it's, uh, what would you say is the biggest one you've missed? Okay. And it can be movie or TV show, because we get like, there's like the huge, huge stuff. No one has seen The Godfather. I mean, I haven't seen The Godfather. I was just going to say this that. Is all, None this of us is going to be the new game. No, I haven't. <laughs> have I'm you seen be, The Godfather? No one has seen The Godfather. Yeah. When's the last time someone has seen The Godfather? Yeah. No one has seen it. I haven't seen it. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I, I have a major one. I have a major one that everyone always like yells at me for. Yeah. And I didn't even know this was something you could yell at. Yes, you know what you, I'm going to say. You knew. No, I didn't <laughs> you know. You already know what I it know, is. I know, but the I thing know. is, like, he knows because we, <laughs> we talk about this all the time. But like, when I say that I've never seen The Sound of Music, 
People yeah. want to kill me. I have to run for my life. I have to go through take some shelter. sort of field of flowers or something. You have like, to run I have to, and arms up. The hills are alive for now. You're a babbling um, brat. But I'm very scared because I didn't understand. Like I didn't know that it was this movie that like yeah. it's like a part of everyone's childhood and ever. It's like a thing everyone's. Se- you've seen it. I have seen it. And you've seen I've it. I've seen it. And everyone, all the producers, you guys have seen it. It okay. was a theater. I did theater, and uh, it seemed to be. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not saying you didn't do theater. I don't know, but no, it was you like, can say that because sh- I did it. I didn't do <laughs> it was no one who was a junior in high school who did theater didn't watch sound right. music at some point. Right, right. It just right. Like, see, shoved in. I I think I might have been weirdly sheltered in this way because I I didn't see it. I never heard that I had to see it. But what I did <laughs> see, and I think took its place, and I'm shocked that no one has seen, is Funny Girl. Barbara Streisand's Funny Girl. There okay. you go. Have you not seen that? No, I haven't. Okay, I am going to go out there and say <laughs> I haven't seen Sound of Music, but I think Funny Girl is a better How movie. many times have you seen wow. Funny Girl? 10, 11, 12 times. Okay, so yeah. right. any of those 90 minutes could have been Sound of Music just <laughs> absolutely, once. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I, if you I, wouldn't like it, you get time better spent. The thing is, I'm sure I would like it. You, you, do you, are you like this where it's like um, everyone gets into something or everyone's seen something mm-hmm. and a little part of you is like, I don't want to see that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we talk on here a lot where people, t- if someone tells you a thousand times you would love something, yeah. you don't want to know what they think about you. Yeah. Because that means that's what they think about you. Exactly. Wow. And so they're like, what if they're wrong? Exactly. Um, well, also, I haven't seen Game of Thrones. I mean, I can't blame anyone for not getting into that at this point. There's, right. It's a thousand hours of television. It's yeah. so much. It's, it's, it truly. <laughs> and I don't love like medieval violence. Like it's not my favorite thing. It makes me a little anxious and I don't like the idea yeah. of people getting sick. It's done well. It's just like, it, it's one of those shows where it's like you, you like you get distracted for two seconds and then yeah. you look back at the screen and you don't know what's happening. Right. You, I don't know anyone's name. No. no I've no, watched no. it all and everyone is hair length and like girth. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Because it's just Which like, is wonderful. Right, fatter no beard is talking to <laughs> yeah. longest hair. Longest hair. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, those are probably mine. Sound of Music is an epic one I haven't seen. Apparently, I am I have a lot of people, I, I join the ranks of a lot of people who haven't seen The Godfather. That's what we're probably do. currently Game of Thrones. We need to get a board. I don't know if we can put anything permanent in here. We need a board on the wall of has and hasn't seen Godfather because yes. we're, we're running about three people have seen The Godfather. Wow. Wow. And we're probably about a hundred people into the podcast. Surreal. So literally three percent. Yeah. So, I mean, like, yeah, there has to be some reward system in place for the people who have seen. They it. get their picture on the wall. <laughs> yeah. They get their picture yeah, on they, the wall. They, or you should see how how straight they sit up when oh, we start absolutely. talking about it. They're like, oh, my father. Oh, wow. I started with the third one. No one says that. <laughs> <laughs> I probably would at this point. That would be. I would like that take where you only yeah, watch right. the third one and become very vocal about right. it. Sure. And I refuse to watch the other ones. I think Godfather Three is canon. I have done some dumb. One, I watched bad. And I uh, yeah. remember the movie that I've right. seen Ringo Kikuchi and, yeah. with Miss Adriana Barata. <laughs> yes, Adriana. And I didn't know captioning was supposed to be on. <laughs> so I just I just downloaded it from the internet. That's funny. And Ooh. I was watching Babel and I'm like, oh, this is art. I'm interpreting these languages. Yeah. I'm figuring it out. Yeah, and, you, and it was truly Babel. Yeah, and I was like, honestly, I didn't get it. <laughs> I'm like wow. talking to people about it and they're talking about plot points. I'm like, I don't know how you knew that nuanced of information. Wow. <laughs> you just thought they were just, I was just thought, I, was, I thought you're supposed to get it. You were supposed yeah. to like be disoriented with the language. Yeah. I thought it was all a big presentation. I can see that being that. like an artistic conceit. Sure. Right. Because everything visually it's there's the stories are so different looking. Yeah. And everything. You see here, even I am talking myself into like it was on purpose. Now. Right. 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 <laughs> it wasn't. We're, you're fine. And I've never rewatched it. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Because you were just so disoriented. Yeah, um, I'm having a lot of trouble. Th- uh, for a movie, I'm having a lot of trouble um, 
figuring out something. Although I will say, like, any time... There was a period of time when, like, you know, like, we're all, like, thirsty to get into comedy and, like, people, like, will sort of transfer their knowledge and say, well, you, you should see this and this and this. Mm-hmm. Like, familiar, familiarize yourself with this. And, like, mm-hmm. I guess I'll just go down this path of, like, haven't seen a lot of these movies that I feel like I should have seen. Yeah. Where, where it's, like, I guess, like, Airplane and, yeah. like... That kind of stuff. Although you would that love a... airplanes. <laughs> Stop, really? No, like, you really like would. Okay, okay. So you're saying it's like so the John silly. Candy-ish type of yeah. like that, like like Caddyshack. Mid- Caddyshack. Yeah, never seen I've Caddyshack. Never seen ca- but airplane, I think you actually would really. You like. would it's love like actually pretty airplane. Great. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, that's what I hear. Yeah. Like, I, I have no reason to not watch it. To it's resist. so stupid. It's very like our love sense it. of humor of like yeah. it's 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 dumb. I sometimes talk to comedians about how movies like Airplane aren't made anymore. No, where it's this is purely a comedy to be comedic. Right. You know which one is like that? Did you see Popstar? Oh yeah, it is like I that. I thought that was like yeah. so yeah. brilliant. Like, That's what a comedy movie should be—just funny. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, so if, if you do, I think, and if I do think, if you like pop star, I think you would think Airplane is really funny. I would probably. And love the it. jokes in Airplane are funny, and their jokes. Yeah, I mean, and, I know, I, like, don't call me Shirley. Like, of course, like yeah. classic. Yeah. But, like, you also love the scary movies. I love the scary movies. So you would love parodies. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because, yeah, just frivolous, <laughs> stupid humor. Now yeah. we're immediately doing what we said we hate when people do. We're like, yeah, but you would love this one. You <laughs> no. would love this. But, which is, <laughs> but I, I thought I was a bit at first. I thought it was a bit. I was like, no. oh, no, 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 no. I'm genuinely offering. Yeah. Okay. I will, then I will see it. I but you're up, right. Yeah. Like those people come up and they're like, "Oh, you're not, you're a comedian. You know this, this, this." Yeah. Like old, yeah. old, old you Saturday love, Night Live. You must love all the movies that I liked when in my childhood because I'm 20 years older than yeah. you. Right, like that's right. what I get a lot. Like whenever anyone goes, "Oh, SNL, too wild and crazy guys," I'm like, <laughs> I hate what you're doing. Time. Yeah. yeah, I don't know, but like, like right? Yeah. It, isn't that? Have you talked about this yet? Like. There being this like some like compendium of movies that we're all supposed to see as comedians. Yeah, you know we so often in this we have we haven't talked too much about comedy because I find so many comedians like dramatic movies mm. or horror movies more right. than everything else. Yeah, um, and also I think you'd be hard pressed to find people who want to come on here and be like, yeah, I haven't seen this shit that I'm supposed to have. <laughs> sure, and yeah, or let me rewrite this comedy and it'll be a super funny bit we do. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. Not yeah, yeah. Get uh, but I miss a lot of comedies. I don't ever mm-hmm. see. I had to be talked into seeing like pop star or something yeah. like that. People mm-hmm. are like, no, I don't know. But all of that, I've seen Airplane, but I miss Caddyshack and yeah. The Jerk and like a lot yeah, of I was those. Say, like, the Jerk, I haven't all, seen. Like, Silent Steve movie, stuff. I haven't seen. Yeah, right. Like, do you like Mel Brooks? Literally, <gasps> the only Mel Brooks thing that I've seen is Blazing Saddles. That, me as well. Okay, yeah. oh, no, Young seen... Frankenstein. Oh, okay, yeah. Young yeah. Frankenstein is I have seen, haven't seen Blazing Saddles, and I just feel like a fraud. Whatever. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, no, but no. that's the thing. That's I the think thing. It, that's the whole part of all of this is no one has come on here and seen everything, right? Yeah, right, because right, right. it's most people haven't seen almost everything. Sure. And aren't those people that really, really, really think and and say they've seen everything, and then they have like knowledge to back it up? Aren't yeah. those people infuriating? Yeah, it is. Yeah. And it's like, well, what do you say that isn't a movie quote at me? Yeah. Hello. And wouldn't it be nice to learn something after you're 24? Hello. Uh, God bless. <laughs> um, wait. Um, oh, my God. What was I just going to ask? Oh, my God. I just literally had an idea, and then I, I, I had a thing to ask you, and then I forgot. Oh, your comedy thing. Do you feel that you don't see comedies just because you feel like you're going to judge it or you can't turn your brain off as a comedian, and is that why you are averse to them, or you're just not going to think it's funny because you see so much comedy? I like, usually think they're pretty funny when I end up watching them. Right. Right. And I kind of like almost everything Mm -hmm. it's hard for me to go in and be like this isn't good uh but i just really would prefer 
a dramatic movie or like a a caper movie yeah, or something sure. like that. Yeah, um, it's like I like really heavy dramatic epic movies if I'm wanting to pay, really pay attention. And if not, I'd rather just watch people rob a bank, honestly, right, or sure. like something like that, where the pacing is entertaining to yeah. me. And then I always think the funny parts in dramatic movies are so much funnier than any comedy, right? And the funny things that happen in like really and they're surprising, dramas. yeah, because it go. plays a little better. But it's like um. It's like in um, Jurassic World, <laughs> like the whole movie is just like, you know, it, it has humor in it because it's, it's a Jurassic Park movie or whatever. But I thought the funniest part of Jurassic World by far was this scene with Jake Johnson and Lauren Lapkus um, oh, yeah. where he's like, they're like evacuating the, the, the whole park because the, the like shit is falling yeah. apart. And he like runs up to her. They've been coworkers the whole time and he's about to kiss her and she just goes, oh my God, I have a boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I was feels like, out of place. It, it, took, yeah. it came out of nowhere. Because it feels out of place because it's like a genuinely good yeah. comedy yeah. moment. It's like pretty funny and it didn't look like it was contrived for a blockbuster. Exactly. Yeah, no, it was just well performed, well written, just a good comedy bit that I can't believe I hadn't seen before. Yeah. Right. That's now they, that teeters into my favorite movie of all time is Jurassic Park. Is it? Mm, that is if I had a big one. ground like I like that or like Groundhog Day or something like that. Groundhog Day is great. Really great. Like, it's another one I haven't seen. But yeah, you Jurassic haven't seen Park, Groundhog Day? I have not seen it. I kind of live for a long time my where I would like my favorite genre of movie is probably comedian being dramatic. And then oh, it can, doesn't sure. even have to be that great of a movie. But I just mm-hmm. don't believe a lot of great-looking people are dramatic. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah, like you don't have conflict. Like I'll watch Dan in real life and feel real nice or something. I like, like Dan that. in real yeah. life. What do we? Th- what do you think about Eternal Sunshine? I love Eternal Sunshine. Yeah, it's one of my all-time. You just, favorites. but then it makes me mad at comedians for like making comedy. I'm like, don't do what you want. Serve me. <laughs> yeah, the guy right, you don't right, know. Right. You have a depth that you don't even know about. That's I want. Stop, yes. stop being this character in real life, Jim. Be it in the movie <laughs> I know, that you didn't write so or paint. True. <laughs> there you go. Uh, it's a selfish thing of me, but yeah, these comedians in dramatic roles, I guess, kind of fall. They're killing stress. it. Also, like it's so, I don't know. I just think, have you seen Away We Go? No, I don't. Okay, know. Away We Go is Maya Rudolph and John Krasinski. Oh, yeah, I remember from a while back. Yeah. Maya Rudolph is so amazing in it. She's just so dropped in. She's so natural. I think Kristen Wiig is an awesome dramatic actress. Yeah. Like, just you know, you can feel a real person there. Lots of times, the scenes and comedies where there needs to be a fight. So I think about something like Bridesmaids, yeah. where there needs mm-hmm. to be a disagreement. Always work in a lot more realistic manner because comedians can do that a little. They can like switch these gears a little bit better. Yeah. And there's something more believable about my Rudolph and Kristen Wiig fighting than there is about two beautiful people <laughs> fighting yeah, yeah. about something trivial. Yeah. Yeah. Like Charlize Theron and Keanu Reeves can get the fuck out. Yeah. Wow. There's no room for all four of them. <laughs> there's no room for all four <laughs> for of them. Right. And, and it's Canada either Sweet November. We got triangular shaped tables at the wedding, so we can only have three. <laughs> <laughs> Who is your favorite comedian that's an act that's a that's an actual also an actor? Oh, that's so hard. Yeah. Favorite comedian that's also an actor, like dramatic actor. Yeah, like turns a dramatic performance. Oh my god, that's impo- that's an impossible question. Um, well, we came on the Never Seen It podcast, so you <laughs> I need will... to have all your film sure, 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 takes sure, sure, sure. at the ready. Honey. I will say, like, um, it's. I mean, like, my love, my love for him is like definitely waned um, the last decade or two. But like as a kid, like obsessed with Jim Carrey. Yeah. Oh and yeah. And then the moment, the moment he came out with even like Truman Show and even um. Yeah. But especially Eternal Sunshine. That was when I was like, my mind was blown. It was mm-hmm. like, oh my god, he is so good at and, like in, yeah. in everything. They also um, him walking the walk with Kate Winslet too, who's like so good. Totally. Like yeah. like they're they're so well matched, which yeah. is insane. Like she's this Oscar winning actress. Yeah. Um, I uh, think because when he reels it in. 
he just becomes kind of the goofy guy you know. Right. Yes. Instead of being, he's the most over-the-top person. Right. right. But when he's reeling it in in like Eternal Sunshine or like the Truman Show, he reels it back and then he's just the goofiest guy in a realistic world. Who's yeah. still grounded. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was nobody like Robin Williams. Oh, there was yeah. nobody yeah. like Robin Williams. He was, I think, one of the most talented people ever. Sure. And Whoopi. And Whoopi? Yeah. No, truly. Yeah. We forget about Whoopi. I thought about her and Robin Williams both having very sad eyes. Oh. This is like getting way off the rails, yeah. but they both have very sad. When they smile, they look like they're doing, like, they look very sad. Oh yeah. God. When they smile. You know what? When That's actually smile. true. Because you get the sense that there's a lot of like wisdom and knowledge there. Yeah. yeah. One of the, this guy just has nothing to do with movies, but I think about this with Robin Williams. He was doing stand-up in like Afghanistan, mm. and Reveille went off, and all of the soldiers stood up in the middle of his set and turned and saluted the flag for the whole thing. I don't remember if it's Reveille, some some song at some certain time, yeah, sure. and they all turn around and salute, and he just like stands completely still, and then it ends, and they all turn back around, and he's still standing there, and he goes, uh, oh, I've bombed weirder. <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny. That's a genius person. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it's it's great. Um. All right. Well, I like that. We got a we got a, a quick game, but I could just sit around and talk about. We haven't really talked about comedy. We at all in this the, whole history the of the podcast. Well, it's listen, crazy. we're here to bring the comedic <laughs> discussion, the dramatic discussion about comedy. Um, Introspection. And, and, and we, we always kind of end here with a couple of uh, dumb games. Let's play some dumb play games. games. This one's called uh, Before and After, so I told you guys here before the show, we <laughs> smash a title into one, mm. and I'll tell you the plot to the new movie. Okay, great. Love and it. so like an example we always tell is The Wolf of Wally Street would mm-hmm. be like a robot that sells penny stocks. Right? <laughs> I love it. Uh, so we got three of them. These were all submitted uh, by we, by Aaron in upstate New York who sent me 150 before and afters. <laughs> yes, and Aaron! Made it great for me because oh God, I was bad at coming up with new ones because I would they would always be Oh Brother Where Art Thou and something else smashed <laughs> together. Because it, I mean, it's, 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 it's got a lot of syllables. It's got a lot of rhymes. Yeah. Yeah. And or begin on O or yeah. Thou. Yeah. Or yeah. just the, that Othello remake oh, with uh, <laughs> uh, Oh, yeah. Oh Brother Where oh, Art Thou. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, okay. with Julia Stiles. Oh my um, God. Was it Josh Hartnett? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And Mackay Pfeiffer. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Let's Again, just watch that one. 90s okay. cast <laughs> Right, that only fleek. feels like a movie that could come out in 1999, <laughs> yeah. doesn't yes. it? Yeah. <laughs> With that cast, yeah, you can't, they can't get insurance right, now. I'm going to look that up okay. real quick and see what year <laughs> yeah. it came out. Because it's got to be... We're gotta looking be at 1992. I'm going to say 2000. 2002, I'm going to say. 2001. Wow. wow. Split the death. Okay. Right. It came, oh, wow. It says here, it came out because of 9-11. No, it doesn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> we pushed our response. This is a true story. Do you know what movie came out? I'm Do you know sorry. movie came out on 9-11? Glitter. Glitter. Really? Yeah. <laughs> not, soundtrack, not, on, not on Tuesday, the, September 11th. No, but the soundtrack did come out on okay, Tuesday, right. September 11th. But, so it came out like September 13th or yes. whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I remember I woke up that day and I was so excited <laughs> yeah. because that was the day, September 11th, 2001, <laughs> that Mariah Carey's Glitter was dropping, the soundtrack album, and I was a huge Mariah fan. And then, of course... National tragedy occurred, yeah. but I made my mother drive me because I was 11 years to, like, old and didn't understand. We went to Best Guy and bought it. And you literally didn't understand <laughs> that we were just been under attack. No, because I, they weren't telling us anything. So I was just Are, we we were they sent weren't, home. No, we were not sent home. We were we were shown well, images on we TV. You will, not, we were, you will not you will not shame to, me to for Sam my not, for my 11 year old knowledge. I, we we got to the Best Wait, Buy. Wait, were you 11 or were you nine? I was 11. Oh, okay, cool. You were literally like. <laughs> 30 miles away. You don't fucking know on me. On Long Island. Island. You, were on you Long don't fucking Island. know me at that age at all. I was on Long Island, yes. 
and uh, we went to the Best Buy. I was in the landlocked Colorado, and I understood the gravity of what had just happened more, more acutely than you did. I don't care about you. Oh I care about my myself. God. But at the time, I only cared about getting my fucking Come myself all over, no. which was my, still my all favorite right. track. Underrated album. We went to the Best Buy, and they were like, we're about to close. And my mom was like, about you don't understand. Let's just play the game. <laughs> it's so funny. But it's just so funny to picture your mom like, you're not gonna stop him from getting inside. <laughs> yeah, like he's he wants the album. <laughs> I can see it. I was like, it's right there. You're a monster. I know. Oh, that means there was some Best Buy employee setting up a cardboard cutout of I Mariah know, Carey, Mariah, and then someone's like, like, "You are, you have to come over here." <laughs> yeah. And he's like, "Just once I get this stood up." <laughs> oh. All right, so so I'll give okay. you the plot. You tell me. We got three of them here. Another big shout out to Aaron for sending these in. Okay, Thanks, uh, here's the plot. Yeah, England's head of MI6 dispatches an agent to meet with a Hungarian general who knows the identities of two young kids who have become spies in order to save their parents. Um, the spy, the spy who, kids who love me. Spy kids who love me. It's close, but no. Okay, spy um, kids were not enough. It's not a James Bond. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So uh, head of MI6 sends something Hungarian. Meet, meet kids. a Hungarian general. Okay. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Is this a recent movie? It's more recent than most. Okay, uh, there movies. was an MI6 oh. movie. Oh, is it is it the Jennifer Lawrence movie? No, Gary Red, Sparrow. Red Sparrow. What's that? Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. Oldman. Oh my God! Oh, oh, take oh, oh, oh Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy Kids. Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy Kids. Oh my God! How the Aaron? Thank yes, you, Aaron. Bitch. <laughs> that was fun out loud. It was, was fun. Good. I was love good. the process. Here's number two. <laughs> A cable installer attempts to strike up a friendship with a gambler by giving him free cable, who, <laughs> who then bets he cannot get the virtuous Sarah Brown to go out on a date with him. Meanwhile, the gambler's longtime fiance pressures him to marry her. Wait. Okay, this is a this is a this is a complicated one. Yeah, this one was so hard to put the plots together. The cable guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. The cable guy's one of them. The cable guy next door. The cable guy. The cable. The plot to the second one was so vague. Okay, can you repeat that? Do it yeah. again. So the cable... And all, I'm, I'm even going to skip the first part because yeah. you, you got the cable guy. Yep. Uh, blah, 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 blah. He then bets that he cannot get the virtuous Sarah Brown to go out on a date with him. Meanwhile, the gambler's longtime fiance pressures him to marry her. Whoa. The cable guy... The cable. Oh, or maybe is it the cable? No. The Simpsons once did a parody of this in oh one of the God. episodes. Oh my God. Um, virtuous Sarah Brown. What the fuck is the virtuous Sarah Brown? The cable guy. The cable guy. Um, some, mm, oh it's a, there's a bet involved. Yeah. What? Like, what's that movie? Um, the famous movie with the bet. <laughs> what? She's all that. She's all that. No, that it's older than that. Oh my god, oh, it's Kyle, we, might that? Be, we might be stunned. Okay, no, that's stumped. okay. Uh, let me think. We're Aaron, you at, got us. If this, if this helps at all, Marlon Brando and Frank Sinatra are the two guys. The uh, cable guy is in dolls. The cable guy is in oh, dolls. Yes, honey. There you go. Yep, Sarah Brown, the virtuous Sarah Brown. <laughs> yes, yes. Just it's so the old. When you look up the plot for an older movie, it's always the same thing. It's always it always. Is man forces woman to marry him? Yeah. Yep, <laughs> it's every movie until 1960. Well, and, th- and, and this one though, the, the woman there. takes agency. Adelaide is like a poison yeah, can develop yeah, yeah. a cold, yeah, and she's yeah, like, yeah. "I'm getting a cold because you won't marry me." So it's the woman that, taking agency. Yeah. yeah, thank yeah. you, Aaron, for reminding us of that. All right, last one. This one is dumb. Hi- highly intelligent robots fill public service positions, operating under three rules to keep humans safe. But one robot creates controversy when she pursues her dreams of becoming a figure skater and gets caught up in an attack on a fellow skater. 
Okay. Um, I, I robot Tanya. I robot Tanya. Also, AI Tanya would have almost worked the exact same way. Oh, that just sounds like how the people in I Tanya said hi to Tanya. Yeah, 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 yeah. Honestly, that was that was a very easy one. Thank you. That one's pretty easy. That was a good mix there. That's it. That's before and afters. And now we end the show with a fan script. So if you guys like, yes, if you're fans of the show, and we don't know what movie it is yet. And it doesn't, it doesn't, we'll just be whoever we get. Uh, wow. This is great. A very <laughs> popular film. Love it, love it, love it. I love my casting. So we we are going to be doing Fast and Furious. Uh, this is by Zach Greenham. Thank you, Zach. Thanks, Zach. For sending this in. If you guys are listening and you want to send one in, send it to neverseenitshow at gmail.com. So three pages is always great mm-hmm. of a movie or TV show you've never seen, and we may read it here. Uh, yeah. So right. this is this is Fast and Furious. We'll let everyone know who we're playing here. So I'll be reading the stage directions and playing the amazing Michelle Rodriguez. Yes. Uh, I will be playing reading for Javard and Fast. And I will be <laughs> FBI Agent 1 and, F- and Furious. Amazing. Oh, and, and I think Zach's written based on the Fast and Furious franchise, which I have not seen, and Tango and Cash, of which I have seen 25 minutes. <laughs> That's, That's a good note. note. Great. Okay. Are we ready? Ready. Yes. Fade in. Interior. Parking garage. Night. Guard sits in his guard booth thing, watching a tiny staticky TV. Suddenly, two sports cars blast through either side of his booth, <laughs> smashing the wooden gates like they're nothing. Guard throws his coffee up in the air it makes a mess god damn those cars are fast insert sports cars interiors two shot vin diesel slash vin diesel and fast on one side vin diesel slash fast on one side of the screen and paul walker slash furious on the other and furious wipe two interior deeper in the parking garage continuous michelle rodriguez stands by her car among the group of extras from the black eyed peas (laughs) pump it music video the entire music video happens except with michelle rodriguez in the background the black eyed peas then leave and the goons dust themselves off (laughs) para suente Just then, the two sports cars from the beginning enter side by side. They never leave their cars. You're late. Someday I'll drive so fast I'll be able to reverse time. But until then, you'll have to be fine. With us being late. That is your fate. Michelle Rodriguez is unimpressed, but reaches into her pocket and pulls out a sticky note with an address on it. I heard the cops are going to bust a dealer at this address. You boys got to get going. Yes, we must. With us, this task you can trust. Oh Montage, cars driving through the night. 90 minutes of quick cuts of the two driving through the city. Inserts on them shifting gears and driving around corners. They are in Beverly Hills now. I don't know where any of the movies take place except Tokyo Drift, which is presumably <laughs> set in Tokyo. And Montage. Cut to interior drug den later that night. Fast and Furious are in their cars in a large room lit by a single light, which illuminates a dead man sitting in a chair with his hands zip-tied behind his back. And a police wire obviously taped to his exposed chest. What's going on here? We must alert the police of our dead peer. Anonymously, so we are not blamed. Exactly. I would hate to be maimed. (laughs) (laughs) A helicopter is heard from outside the room and a searchlight flashes through the window. Suddenly the door is smashed open by FBI Agent 1. Freeze, dirtbags! FBI agents two and three enter and boot Fast and Furious's cars. The two <laughs> reach out their windows and hold hands. <laughs> it's tender. Lots of fast cuts of them looking towards each other directly into the camera. Fade out to a dozen sequels. Yay. I like that. That was great. I want to make one thing clear. Um, when I said pura suente, which is a word that I made up, I was supposed to, in parentheses, you gave this Zach directive. Something in Spanish that sounds mean towards everyone who's asked. <laughs> 
not kick. <laughs> that's convincing. Put I a think suente. Put a suente! Yeah, I think that's convincing. I think that was it. Um, now, okay, it, 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 are they just Tweedledee and Tweedledum, basically? They're just, like, finish, finishing I, each other's I think rhymes. he's trying to say that he assumes that these are two dumb idiots um, who drive around, which is, you know, not entirely wrong. He's not wrong, and I've seen all of the Fast and the Furious movies yes. and like all of them, but maybe one and a half of them. Okay, I, which ones don't you like? I don't think Tokyo Drift is very good. Course, famous. And yeah, I opinion. thought the most recent one didn't quite figure it out. Hmm. But then the action was still pretty entertaining. Post, post Paul death? Yeah. This is the last one without Paul. The one with Charlie's Theron and Dreadlocks. Truly, 15 years ago, could one. you have told someone a franchise would end if Paul Walker left it? No, that wouldn't make no sense. I can't believe it's as huge as it is. It has a ride at Universal Studios, you guys. I think it I is. I love that. They, I they all make a... I once, and and we know Anna Dresden and Joel Kim Booster, yeah. oh. had a show called... Uh, Fuck that Fuck movie. That movie. Mm-hmm. Famous. I, I did Star Wars. You and did? And I, I, movie for movie, said that Fast and Furious was better than the Star Wars <laughs> franchise. Because I was like, Star Wars has, what, four and a half good movies? Oh, yeah. But then Fast three words. huge bad ones. Right. It's like, Fast and Furious has one bad. They had the same amount of movies that had based, that had come out at the time. And I was like, well, if you're doing a cross of each one, if we do a comparative situation, people will That's get upset. Oh no, my God. no, no, no. The Wait, math checks out. That's I good, missed Kyle. that show. That's a good show. Fuck that movie was such a good show. Yeah. But now they've both blown up and they can't. Yeah, now they're both, they're both <laughs> just blown up. Yeah. So if I can just slide into whatever slot they were leaving for uh, tangential movie, yeah, world, yes. I'll go ahead and take that. Oh wow! Uh, thank you guys very much for coming on the show. Thanks, this was Kyle. so this fun. Was so great, Kyle, thank you guys. Thank you so um, much for tell everyone us. where to where to check you guys out. Uh, you can listen to us on our own podcast called Lost Culturistas. Uh, we do shows quarterly in New York. They're super fun. Um, so check us out there. Yeah, they're called I Don't Think So, Honey. And um, just check out if we're going to be doing a live show, usually in New York. We do them at the Bell House. Um, when is this going to come out? Thursday. Thursday. Okay, baby. You can see us at the Bell House on June 29. Yeah. Uh, thanks for considering. <laughs> hey, thank you guys for listening. If, once again, if you want to send in a script, it's never seen it show at gmail.com. And we have the Patreon page if you want to check it out. We've got uh, bonus readings there, video from today's episode, video from live shows, and things like that. And we'd appreciate it a great deal. It's patreon.com slash never seen it. And if you want to leave reviews and subscribe and tell your friends, it all helps. And I appreciate everyone listening. It's nice to have a thing that people actively want to be a part of, and it makes so me very good. happy. So cool. Uh, thank you guys you so much. It. Thanks. It's a good show. <laughs> <laughs>